You pick up your Bible and wonder, is there more here than meets the eye? Is there something here for me? I mean, it's just words printed on paper, right? Well, it may look like just print on a page, but it's more than ink. Join us for the next half hour as we explore God's Word together, as we learn how to explore it on our own, as we ask God to meet us there in its pages. Welcome to More Than Ink. Hey, last time we got the tent of meeting. Yeah, what went on in there? Yeah, doesn't it make you curious about what God and Moses talked about? What was the conversation like? It says they were face to face. Yeah, well today we'll go inside the tent of meeting and we'll actually eavesdrop on that conversation. Today on, on More, More Than, Than Ink. Ink. and welcome back to our dining room table. I'm Dorothy. And I'm Jim. And we have been adventuring our way through the book of Exodus. We are three quarters of the way through it. Yeah, we're And we are it. in that period of time when after the golden calf, oh, God had oh. said, I can't be in your midst anymore. Right. And so Moses sets up the tent of meeting outside the camp. Yes. And when the Lord makes it clear that he is meeting with Moses in the pillar of smoke that comes down in mm -hmm, front of the mm -hmm. door, the people stand at their own door ways and worship from right. a distance from they a distance. can't come close yeah. so that's kind of where we are at in the book and we are today going to look at the conversation inside the tent we yeah. had talked about a little bit last week about god speaking with moses face to face mm -hmm. in like this a direct conversation like yep. a person talks to his friend yep yep so here, we're going to get an inside look into that conversation today. Yeah, because we asked it at that time. Too bad God didn't give us some dialogue that goes inside that tent. <laughs> but he did. But he did. And it's right here in chapter 33, verse 12. And it, again, is quite an astonishing conversation oh, that we have between Moses and God. It's a really personal one. Very it's personal. It's very personal on Moses' half, yeah. and it's also very personal on God's. Well, and it's... It's very bold on Moses' part. You'll see in a second. Well, it's it's urgent. I yeah. I think Moses is in anguish here. Yeah, yeah. We better just read it. Yeah, I, but but I you know what I like to do is paint for myself a picture. You know, if we're going to look inside this mm -hmm. tent of meeting, what what is a conversation like that? look like when you go inside mm -hmm. there and i would not guess this i would think something much more religious oh thou holy god yeah, and moses blah, 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 is blah, really blah, blah. wrestling he's, he's wrestling, wrestling with his own yeah. feelings and his own understanding of who this god is because yeah. remember moses is the one who had really administrated the miracles of coming out that's of egypt right, right? That's right. he was the one yeah. who was raising the staff and doing the things and god was yeah. god was acting on their behalf yeah so, so imagine he's, for his, he's struggling now. He's struggling, yeah. So imagine what what is Moses going to talk to God yeah. about now that this tent of meeting is established? And here we go, verse twelve. You want me to read? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Well, Moses said to the Lord, "See, you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. Now, therefore." If I have found favor in your sight, please show me now your ways that I may know you in order to find favor in your sight. Consider, too, that this nation is your people. Okay, let's stop there. And we'll stop what there. What is Moses wrestling with? He, he needs assurance that God really has seen him yes. in favor. Yes. 
if I have found favor in your sight, then I, I need more. Because he says that three times, yep. right? Show yep. me, show me, because I just, and isn't it amazing He's what he has seen God do up to this point? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yet he says, you know, you haven't told me what's coming. You haven't told me what's ahead. Right. But we got a little glimpse of it, because at the end of last week's conversation, we saw uh, Joshua hanging around at the hanging tent, the tent yeah, when Moses yeah. would leave. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, please show me your ways that I might that I may know you. Yeah, show that me I your may ways. Know you. If I have found favor, I need more. I want more. Isn't that interesting that Moses has seen God do some amazing things, but he still doesn't feel like he knows God. Yeah, he doesn't understand God's heart. Yeah, yeah, and you know that's why I look at this and I see boldness here because. Mm-hmm. If you say, well, you know, God has revealed as much as he's going to reveal to me. I should just be satisfied and content with that. And, and Moses has seen a lot of stuff to be content with. Yes, but it's been smoke and fire and people died. Right, right. So, but now he's saying, I want to know. I want to know more. I want to know. Please show me your ways that I may know you in order that I might find favor. And at his last line about the nation... <laughs> And don't forget, God, this nation is your, your people. people. Yeah. Not my not people, because God has said, you know, you've told me bring this people up, but right. they're your people. Right. And he's speaking kind of like a shepherd here. You know, a shepherd mm-hmm. does not own the sheep all the time. They many times are they're employed to watch someone else's sheep. And, you know, he came from being a shepherd in Midian. So, you know, so what you need to do is when you're watching someone else's sheep, you need to ask the owner, what do you want me to do with your sheep? Right. What do you want to do? And this is exactly what he's asking right here. This is your, these are your people. These are your sheep. So I need to know more if you want me to shepherd well. That's really a shepherd speaking. Well, and it's not just information he's asking for. He says, no. I want to know you. I want to know you. I want to know your ways. What are you thinking? Yeah. God, let me into your heart. Yeah. And, and you know, if you keep with the shepherd metaphor too, you know, you wonder whether or not the shepherd has completely jettisoned his flock because mm-hmm. of what's been going on in the last right. couple chapters. And so, so there might be some confusion on Moses' part. So, you know, what is your relationship with your people? What is your relationship with your flock? And how am I supposed to be here as a shepherd doing this? I need to know more. I need to know you. I need to know your heart. I need to know what's going on here. If I have indeed found favor, I I need to know you. It's a it's a great so question. God's answer in verse fourteen is really reassuring because God says, "And my Short presence and will go with you, and I will give you rest." Wow. Uh, oh. <laughs> Now, well, I just started breathing a little easier. Yeah, that's that's nice. And it's Moses responds in verse 15. He says to him, if your presence will not go up with me, don't bring us up from here. Nope. For how shall it be known that I've found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not in your going with us so that we're distinct, I and your people, from every other people mm-hmm. on the face of the earth? So maybe he's wrestling with the fact that he's meeting with God alone in this tent of meeting that's separate from the camp. Mm-hmm. And prior to the incidents with the the golden calf god's presence had been right there with them that's and, true and yeah. moses is like well is this the way it's gonna be yeah is it are we going forward like this forever or something else that, that's why this you know he mentioned before the tent of meeting he speaks to god face to face like like this to a friend pretty open and there you know he's being open he's being very open yeah yeah have i found favor i and your people you know, are you going with this? Well, it turns out I will give you rest. Now, why say rest? That's an interesting thing. I would say my presence will go with you and I'll, uh, you know, the Jebusites and all those guys, I'll fight on okay. your behalf. I'll but give you rest. remember, that was the last word on the mountain that yeah, God was. wrote on the stone before he sent Moses down. Mm-hmm. 
rest, 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 observe the Sabbath, rest in me. Yeah. And it's, it's an amazing statement on the human condition that in, <laughs> in the circumstances of our life, we seldom find rest. Mm. I think because we're so overwhelmed with the details of life and the threats of life and concerns about our well-being, all well, that kind of sure. stuff. Well, sure. And Jesus, remember, you said, come to me if you're weary and heavy laden and overburdened, and I will give you yeah, rest for you rest. your soul, right. right? That implies you have to trust me. Yep, yep. Quit your yammering and, and trust me. And I think that's a that must be a big component of what Moses is drive, being driven by mm-hmm. as he's coming to God right now. He says, you know, if I have found favor, you know, I, I need to know you. I need to more what's going on. There's there's sort of a an anxiety. And maybe he's tired. This is a lot that of work. Could be too. This is a lot of hard work. Yeah. Well, he's, you know, he, he, he said that before. He actually. poured out his guts in his seating <laughs> for the people. Said, "Don't you know? Don't blow right. them away. You know, let's not do that." So it's been it's been a big traumatic ride up to this point because of the golden calf, especially. But now, but now, God in the very I just love how simple mm. God's response is: "My presence will go with you. I will give you rest." And for a leader of these, you know, couple million people, that's really good news. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really, really good news. I will go with you and, and give at, you rest. Look at what he says beyond that. Verse 17, and the Lord said to Moses, this very thing that you've spoken, I will do. Right? He said, I want to mm-hmm. know that you're with me. You, for you have found favor in my sight, and I know you by name. By name, yeah. And Moses said, please show me your glory. Right. Huh. Now, wait a minute. Yeah, stuff he there. had seen the fire, the oh, thunder, yeah. The, yeah. Tw- the ten words carved on the stone. Right. He had seen the sea dry up, and he had seen the Egyptians slaughtered, and he had seen water come out of the rock, yeah, and he had seen the manna. He's seen stuff we want so to see. So what's he asking for? <laughs> yeah. Show me your glory. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If, if you found favor. I want to back up just a little bit, just Go a ahead. tiny bit, because um, at the end of 16, he talks about... Uh, you know, we're supposed to be a distinct people. Right. And we didn't we didn't touch on that. This is about God's reputation. God's reputation. And that what is that distinctness? Well the distinctness, and we say this all the time, is God is is um, is forming a nation, uh, or actually resurrecting a nation here after Abraham and all those guys. But he's forming a nation that that is having God as its center. Mm-hmm. It's a God centric nation. It's not a king centric or a military centric nation. It's a God centric nation. And that's what's going to make them distinctive from every other nation on earth, every other nation on earth. And as a result of that, the testimony about the character and glory of God will be displayed through this nation living with God as its center. There'll be different kinds of people. Like, for instance, we talked before about the Sabbath, and the Sabbath is a rest issue. It's right. a trust and rest issue. And for the rest of the world, they would look at the Israelites and say, those guys take one day off a week. They're all going to starve. Right, right. You know? <laughs> They're going to have grasshoppers eating all their crops. They're all going <laughs> to die. And they and they would say, no, not true, because we have a God who, who watches the crops on that day we take off. So there's this distinctiveness. And so Moses comes back to him at this point and says, you know, we're supposed to dis- be distinct. You know, I and your people from every other people on the face of the earth. And it's your presence with us. That makes that distinction, and so God, I'm I'm in for that. Let's do that. Let's do that. And so that's why His presence has to be with Him. But Moses is saying, for me to to do my job leading these people, being the intermediary between you and me, like in seventeen, um, you know, I, I need to know you by name, and I need a clear view of who you are. Yeah. Show me your glory, right? Yeah. That essence of who you are, which makes God's answer so 
can I use the word glorious? It is. Right? Yeah. Because we would expect God to say maybe something else. I would. But he says, here's, <laughs> and the Lord says in verse 19, I will make all my goodness pass before goodness? you. Goodness? And will proclaim before you my name, the Lord, Yahweh. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. But he said, you cannot see my face, for man shall not see me and live. Yeah. Okay, can we stop there for a second yeah, no, before we, we go to. on to hiding in the rock? We have to, yeah. <laughs> because, you know, I would have expected the Lord to say, here's my glory. I'm holy, I'm righteous, Just, I'm all-powerful, I'm right. the judge of all the earth, all, right? Yeah. But God leads with his goodness, mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. he follows it with his I am-ness, and then his grace and his mercy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, throughout throughout the entire Old Testament the refrain is give thanks to the Lord for he is for he is good. good. And so here the glory of God is to parade his goodness in front of Moses. Well, and you know, I always really for many many years I thought this was a statement of limiting God's grace. Right? He said, what? "I'll be gracious to whom I'll be gracious." Oh, you don't I have see. anything to say about it. I got you. But what he's saying is I will be overwhelmingly gracious to anybody I choose to it be looks gracious like he's to. Eager. He's eager he, to do He can this. hardly wait right, to pour out right. his grace. Right. Slow to anger, abundant in loving yeah. kindness. And I'll show mercy to whom yes. I show mercy. Yeah. Yeah. Which actually uh, will come into play more when they start fighting people in the land. Uh, because what you want God to do is to be your ad, you know, the adversary of your adversaries. Right. Which he does do. In fact, he promises that's what he'll be. But what happens when God decides to be merciful to a people? You know, that just makes you go crazy in a certain way. But you got to say to yourself, well, wait a second, God will have mercy on whoever he has mercy. Well, here God is having mercy on his own people. On his own people. When they didn't deserve it, he didn't wipe them out. That's the point. So when God does show mercy to a people, I'm thinking of Jonah and those people. When he does show mercy, you can't sit there and say, well, God, that's not right. You can't show mercy to people like that. Because they don't deserve it. And God can say, wait, I did that with (laughs) you. I did that for you. Yeah. So this is the really point. I'm choosing to be gracious and merciful, and I'm and I'm letting you experience it first. So uh, he goes on. He says, "But you can't see my face, yeah. for no man can see me and live." Right. Right. And we had already talked about this last week that Moses had been conversing with God face to face, meaning directly Close. with nothing in between. Yeah. But but God says, "Now you know you've asked me to show you my glory, mm-hmm. but you can't see my face." Right. And right. I, and in knowing what we know from the New Testament, we could almost insert yet. <laughs> right that's right. In there. No, that's right. Because look what the Lord yeah. says next. Yeah. It's so amazing. He's made this incredible statement of, of grace. And then he says in verse 21, And the Lord said, Behold, there's a place by me where you shall stand on the rock. And while my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft of the rock, and I will cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will take away my hand, and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. Right. And again, I'm mentally inserting Yet. Yet. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get to that in a second, because the New Testament just unpacks this beautifully. But this is Moses in a real place, a real time, having a real experience with God. Yeah. And he's saying, show me. Show me who you are. I show you who I, I'll show you who I am, but I'm going to protect you. you, That's right. You can't, you can't be full on exposed to me. Right. Because the holiness would 
kill you. The holiness and justness of God. But I'm going to do something. And so I, there's so many things I want to talk about here. Because uh, again, as a young believer, I was just puzzled by this glory passing by. And you don't mm-hmm. get to see my face, you'll get to see my back. What is that? When we turn our back to somebody, it's not <laughs> it's a disrespectful. good thing. Yeah, right, right? right. But the essence here, isn't it, that God, uh, you're going to see that I have been here and that I have done something. You won't see me but you'll see what I have done. Yeah, yeah. And where I have been. It'll be close, but not as close as you want. Yeah, because I'm going to protect you. I'm going to set you right here by me on this rock. Yeah. Okay, so Bible studiers, this is an excellent place to do a little concordance study. Mm -hmm. Pull up that word rock, and you're going to find a hundred and something references in Scripture to the word rock. And there's a couple of different words. But if you focus on rock in Exodus... And then through the Psalms, you're going to find this idea of the rock being provision, protection, refuge. And in Exodus, it's a source of living water. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we in Moses at the end of his life, when he's singing this psalm to the people, he says, Oh, the, our God is a rock. There's none like him. Mm-hmm. So, God here is doing this protection thing for Moses. Now you're going to be close to me, but I'm going to place you in this immovable protective rock. Yeah. It's a perfect immovable protection. Yeah. yeah. I'll put you in the cleft of the rock. So it's interesting that God doesn't deny him no. the exposure at all. He just says, okay, we'll do this, but I have to protect you <laughs> because you can't be in my presence. I mean, that's the sin issue again. That's the whole thing. But I want you to experience something of my glory. I want you to see my glory passing by. Yes. I want you to see what I have done. Yeah. Well, you know, this just makes me want to leap into the New Testament. Yeah. So if you're if you are doing that concordance study, then look for the rock references in the New Testament mm-hmm. because you're going to come to some very interesting ones. Probably the one that is a good landing place here is Paul's commentary in 1 Corinthians 10. When he says, I don't want you to be unaware, brethren, that our fathers were all under the cloud and they all passed through the sea, mm-hmm, right? He's mm-hmm. talking about the Israelites. You seen that? And they were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food and they all drank the same spiritual drink for they were drinking from a spiritual rock which mm-hmm. followed them. Here it comes. And the rock was Christ. Christ, yeah. So Paul has just decoded this statement mm-hmm. to Moses for us. When God says to him, I'm going to place you into Christ, mm-hmm. your protector, provider, source of refuge in living water, mm-hmm. and you'll see what I've done. Yep. So could you say that in the first century, the people who saw Christ, in a sense, were in the cleft of that walk and seeing the proximate glory of God passing by? Well, John says that in the beginning of his gospel. He says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his his glory. glory. We saw his glory. Full of grace and truth. Glory as the only son of the Father. So there it is. Again, it's decoded for us. The glory of God is seen in the face of Christ. Yeah. Remember Jesus said in John 14, 9, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Yeah. So this, in a way, really prefigures the incarnation. You know, the presence, the the, the close presence of God. However, there's Jesus can be there. And we know that Jesus is going to be the judge of all mankind. I mean, here's ultimate justice. If you've done anything wrong in your life, you're toast. So, but in this particular case, when Jesus comes, he doesn't come to judge. Right. So the danger of judgment is not there. And yet you can be fully in the presence of who God is. 
However, the judgment will come later from that same Jesus. Well, Jesus says in John 5, if you're in me or believe in me, you've passed out of judgment right. into right. life. So I think that that is a picture here, too, of God placing Moses into that rock, and then the glory is passing by. Is passing by. The judgment is passing by. Yeah. So this here in this cleft of this rock, this is a safe exposure to yes. God. By God's design right. and by his hand itself, right. it's a safe exposure to God. Jesus himself is a safe exposure to God for Indeed, us. the only safe exactly. exposure to God. Yeah. What's that line in uh, in Narnia where, you know, is the lion safe? Oh, he's not a tame lion. He's not a tame lion. Yeah. He's, not, he's not safe, but he's good. But he's good. Yeah. yeah. And that's just a perfect representation of it this. It really is. Yeah. He's not safe, but he is good. <laughs> so, you know, maybe you think that we are just kind of back reading the New Testament into this statement. But the fact that Paul talks about it time and again in his letters, mm-hmm. and not just in the First Corinthians letter, but he unpacks it more in the second Corinthians letter in, in chapter three, uh, yeah. more and more about this this glory that is veiled, that then we see the glory of God in the face of Christ. Right. And just like Moses, our desire is to know more of God. Right. God, I want to know just, you. Just like anyone who happened to bump up against Jesus at the right. time, I want to know more about who this guy is. I want to hang out with him for forever. Yeah. Yeah, I pulled one of those Second Corinthians chapter three. You know, we all with unveiled face right. are beholding the glory of God, and we're being transformed in the right. same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is a spirit. So there is indeed a sense in which we will know more and more about God. But part of that is through how He's transforming us. Right. Yeah, we see him. We see him recreate in our hearts his own heart, and we start to see more of who God is in ourselves as He builds that in our hearts. That's that part we talked about before about the law being written on our hearts and not on stone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you take when which you take, also is in Second Corinthians three. It's the same. That's chapter. right. It's the same yeah. chapter. It's the same chapter. So there, there is a sense in which we get to understand more and more about the glory of who God is because He's replicating Himself through His Spirit in us and uh, and even when John writes one of his one of his little letters you know he wrote and I pulled this out because he's because because he says basically uh, you know no one has ever seen God this is first John 4 no one has ever seen God mm-hmm. but listen if we love one another <laughs> God abides in, in us. us wow and his love is perfected or finds its end in us so he's saying no one has ever seen God but you know what if you see others around you who've been transformed by God himself loving one another you're seeing God in action you're actually seeing well, who he is. Jesus said that if you love me, yes. you'll keep my commandments, right? You'll walk in the way that I instruct you to walk, and I'll call you my friends. Call you my friends. So indeed, the way in which he transforms the believer's heart, writes the law on their hearts, to the degree that he does that, and you say you collect together as a church body and you gather together, you actually, according to Paul's literal writing, you look at the body of Christ and you see Christ himself. Mm -hmm. And not because we're achieving anything on our own, but because he is writing on our hearts and transforming us. He's changing us. So do you want to see the face of God? Do you want to understand what God is like? Look what he's building in the hearts of those that you meet with. And I would just add as an aside, to the degree to which you stay out of those gatherings, you see less of who God is because you see less of how he's transforming us one another. And we just don't see God as clearly until we see him building himself into our hearts. Well, and we also, in staying apart from that kind of fellowship, deny God the opportunity for the transformative work that takes place in us when yes. we rub up against other people who are also in the process of being transformed. Yep, yep, that's right.
So we're short on time. You are going towards oh, a passage. I have Second Corinthians four in front of me because oh, again, Paul is talking too. about the it. gospel being veiled, right? And people yeah. deny that. Oh, right. it can't possibly be about Jesus. But he says the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving that they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then a verse later, he uses that same phrase, but he turns it around. For God, who said light shall shine out of darkness is the one who's shown in our shown hearts, in our hearts yeah. to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Right. So there it is. He said, we we understand and we know because God is transforming our hearts that the glory of God is seen in the face of Jesus. Yes, yes. If you want to see God, look at Jesus. So the you, word became flesh. So that's why you keep adding the word yet to you can't see my face? That's right. So back at <laughs> Moses, God says, I'm going to hide you in the rock. Right, right. And you, you're you going to see when I have passed by. Yeah, yeah. So it's not that God is turning his back on Moses. He's saying, I, I'm hiding you now in the rock, which is Christ. Right. And you're going to see that I've been here and I've done something. Yeah. So the desire of Moses' heart to know God more, and I think the growing desire on the part of the people as they're becoming aware that they want to know God more, which is why there's such disastrous news that God may not be with them. All these desires to know God more are being answered mm. and being fully answered with the coming of Christ. Yeah. You know, and I, I picked on another thing Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13, you know, we now see in a mirror oh, dimly, yes. but then face, face to, to face. face. And, we, and now I know in part, but then I shall know fully. Wow. Even as I am fully known. So that's the answer of our hearts. We want more of Jesus. We want more of who God is. That was Moses' desire. And here he puts him in the cleft of the rock and says, check this out. So, so, friends, this is so important that this entire sequence is going to get repeated again oh, in yeah. Exodus 34. Exactly. So this is God just saying, this is what I'm going to do. And then in verse in chapter 34, the actual event happens and yes. we see Moses' response. So, oh, come back with us yeah, this next week when we press on. How does God answer the prayer, I want to know you more? And this is how he answers it. Yeah. Well, we're glad you're with us. We're... Uh, going we're through out of time. Exodus and we're out of time so join us next time on More Than, More Inc. Than Inc. More Than Inc. is a production of Main Street Church of Brigham City and is solely responsible for its content. To contact us with your questions or comments, just go to our website, morethaninc.org. See? There it goes.